Hello. Welcome to Healthy Disruptions, a podcast about health and community in Southern California. This season's theme is titled Narrating the Pandemic, Collective Reflections Through the Disruption. We will talk about the lived experiences of individuals surviving and thriving in Southern California through the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for joining us for your healthy dose of disruption. Stay with us. have heard countless stories across your lifetime and you continue to tell, listen, and share stories of success, of failure, of loss, and happiness with others. Whether you are experiencing personal issues, a life-changing event, or living through a global crisis, stories can give you a sense of comfort and support. They can also lead you to unexpected places and relationships. And at times you feel vulnerable, but you learn to build trust. You learn to draw strength from these stories as well from the relationships at any difficult moment. Well, that is what we want to focus on in this episode. What source of strength did you rely on during this pandemic? What does your source of strength say about who you are as a person? We are Joshua. And Alejandro. Two anthropologists from the Inland Empire. Today, we're going to talk about the sources of strength that members of our community continue to rely upon during the pandemic. So, Alejandro. What have been your sources of strength? I know this might sound cheesy, but, you know, being with my partner became a real source of strength for me. At the beginning of the pandemic, like many people, I was forced to study and work from home and, you know, being around my family all day. I wasn't used to that. I got distracted by my dad talking loudly on the phone and I felt trapped in my room. I had a very few awkward Zoom calls. Like one time my brother walked into my room Fresh out of the shower, nothing but a towel, asking if we can borrow a clean shirt. And then I had lots of issues around the slow Wi-Fi. Since both my siblings were both working from home and studying as well, we fought over the Wi-Fi a lot. So I started commuting and staying at my partner's house to be more focused. I felt more peace at home. But after months of doing this, we finally decided to get our own place. It just made sense. When I shared the news with my family, and let me just say, I never talked to them about my relationships at all. My mom cried and asked why I was leaving her. I think we even went a few days without talking. It was difficult, but my partner was there for me. We would talk together at night, assuring me that she would eventually understand. Eventually, we made our own little home in Riverside and created a routine as a couple. We enjoyed decorating the apartment, cooking meals together, and just being silent watching Netflix at night. I liked having someone to talk to, laugh with, eat, and someone to vent to, and just You know, just be quiet for once. Creating our own little home during the pandemic gave me something positive to focus on rather than the endless news of rising COVID numbers and, oh my God, my Zoom fatigue. While we built a home, we also built our relationship. My parents finally recognized him as my partner, and my mom even calls him mijo now, so that feels good. But because of the rising rent prices, we moved to a studio in my brother's house, a few houses down from my parents' home where I grew up. Everyone on the street knows who I am and where I live at, and they know who my partner is. And we're there, you know, just changing what it means to be a home or a family. I like showing my neighbors who I really am, and it feels really good. I also feel like I'm inspiring the young folks on the street to know that it's okay to be queer or be different. I know my neighbors talk about us with their children, 
and that's a good thing. Being that source of inspiration and strength for other queer folks in my neighborhood has also become a source of strength for me. I'm still kind of processing all that has happened, but overall I'm happy we took this opportunity to make some positive changes for ourselves and actually for those around us too. But you know, that, that was, that's me, Joshua. What, what was your source of strength? It's funny because as a naturally anxious person, I was initially surprised by my lack of anxiety in the early days of the pandemic. As someone with generalized anxiety disorder and has struggled with depression since childhood, my normal is to always expect the worst and to be on the lookout for bad things to happen. Whether it be anxiety awaiting blood work results, worry that a few moments of airplane turbulence will turn into plummeting out of the sky, or fears that I am not living up to my full potential plague my conscious and subconscious thoughts on an almost daily basis. In just a matter of days, my entire life changed, but I remember feeling some relief with being forced to stay close to home. Like you, I drew strength from my partner, or in my case, my husband, and enjoyed the extra time we spent together since we both started working from home. Being able to share household chores during our work days and share daytime meals when we would have otherwise been apart drew us closer together. And of course, we baked homemade bread, went on long drives just to get out of the house, and invested time in making our home cozy since we were spending so much time inside. The novelty of doing everything at home and navigating a new type of work-home-life balance definitely distracted me from the uncertainty of the pandemic. I felt safe as long as I was at home. And because I was able to mostly be at home, I consistently felt safe. When I did need to leave the house for essential supplies, all of the health and safety precautions imposed on me and those I imposed on myself created a sense of control in the face of uncertainty and potential chaos. I recognize I experienced and continue to experience an extraordinary amount of privilege throughout the pandemic. I was able to work from home, Zoom became an everyday part of connecting with colleagues, and I was able to avoid most situations which would have led to exposure. I also knew that if I did contract the virus, my overall positive health, relatively young age, and access to medical care would mitigate COVID-19 illness. My class privilege and whiteness would shield me from systemic inequalities, which made the conditions of the pandemic so much worse for millions of people. Working in education provided security as California's strict protocols for indoor gatherings meant most on-campus on activities were severely limited or made impossible. Also, when the time came, those of us in education were among the first eligible for COVID-19 vaccines. When I was able to start my series of two injections, I immediately jumped on the opportunity without pause or delay. I felt the same way for the booster and will line up for the jab if and when a second booster is recommended. So I guess for me, home, family, and moments of control were my sources of strength during the most precarious moments of the past few years. Being able to rely on the comfort and safety offered by my domestic spaces, the support of my husband, and our newfound frequency of spending time together, as well as the knowledge that I was being as safe as possible through following health guidelines and accepting the vaccine. It's very interesting that we came together in this episode, and I'm happy, you know, I work with a fellow queer person on this topic. I'm sure we experienced unexpected turns during the pandemic, and we both found source of strength in our relationships with our partners. 
Yeah. Our queer positionalities really showed through, and I think that this is what led us to want to present stories that go beyond a sad and depressing narrative. Instead, present stories that embrace moments of strength, happiness, and hope. We want to showcase the stories that reflected some of our own experiences in a way that queerly narrates the pandemic. What we really mean is that, well, when we think about our people, we tend to focus solely on the negative circumstances. However, the stories presented here offer a possible counter-narrative to that assumption. As anthropologists, we recognize the power behind stories and reveal the pandemic's worst aspects and the undeniable toll COVID has had on the lives of so many in our communities. Our intention is not to erase those stories, but to challenge the pandemic narratives by providing a wider perspective. While upheaval presents instability and unexpected changes, the effects of these changes can also be viewed in a positive light. Before we get into more details, we want to acknowledge the information presented here is partial and situated in a particular time and place. We recognize that our experiences are not separate from the community of voices highlighted here, but instead they are in relation with them. We also understand that our queer subjectivities are alike to one another, but also at times divergent. Our approach to queering the pandemic reflects these moments of similarity and difference. Lastly, we challenge what constitutes a source of strength. We actively resist a general definition of strength. We see the narratives presented here as being in relation to intersecting sources of oppression and experiences of privilege. We want to show how prosperity emerges from precarity and also how the two are entangled. Just like in our lives, the good coexists with the bad and well, it's complicated. As we all know, the pandemic disrupted many necessities of everyday life, work, education, and financial resources. Various communities, mainly women of color, who shared their stories with us, talked about being left to care for their families while also continuing to work in precarious and often unhealthy conditions. Most of us have either felt or witnessed changes in housing, education, work, and health throughout our communities. And there are countless stories and personal experiences that show how people adapted and found some sorts of strength to continue on and see the silver linings amid the upheaval. Looking through some of the stories and experiences that folks shared with us, we found some common sources of strength. Some found strength in their faith, religion, and spirituality. We noticed a lot of folks in the South LA region and Coachella Valley relied on both solitary and communal forms of spiritual practice. We had the opportunity to speak with the unhoused Black South LA residents who mentioned they derived strength from faith and spirituality. Many expressions of faith and spirituality mentioned centered around solitary actions and practices. One individual shared with us, Um, I say mentally and physically, everything is about the same. But uh, my main concern, my main thing is that you have to protect yourself as best as possible. And you have to have faith and hope and pray. Due to their marginalization in society and vulnerability experienced in their communities, these folks found faith and spirituality as something to propel them through the pandemic. They mostly noted that they read the Bible on their own or gazed up at the moon and witnessed its great beauty at night. These solitary acts of faith and spirituality found in urban South LA contrasted against other forms in a more rural region like the Coachella Valley. 
Specifically, it was a common practice among Hispanic women in the region to be involved in communal faith practices. One woman shared in Spanish her reliance on faith and prayer as a source of strength. Sí, uh, la oración, mija. La oración. La oración es nada más el, el rezar. Ay, perdón. El rezar y pues nomás estar pidiendo a Dios, pidiendo a Dios y que calme esto, que qué está pasando. La oración es de lo encierra. <laughs> prayer, prayer. It is just praying. Praying and simply asking God, asking God to calm this thing that is happening, praying. Another woman noted that they prayed the rosary together. In a way, this created a sense of closeness and mutual support. They came together spiritually and physically during a time of great uncertainty. This helped them not only mentally but socially. Praying in a neighbor's living room and hearing each other's voices was a comforting and profound experience. These acts of communal faith made social relationships even more stronger and ease some heavy burdens that these women were experiencing. Like us, many individuals found strength in being with their families. Because of the shelter-in-place orders, college dorms closing and rising costs in rent, People moved back with their families, began working from home, and also began spending more time with their loved ones than ever before. The same individual who talked about the power of prayer also shared that she found strength in family. Mira, uh -huh. lo más interesante de, de esto, um, bueno, voy a hablar por mí, ¿verdad? Por mí. Para mí lo más interesante de esto es que hubo una unión familiar más fuerte. Um, nos uh, como antes cada quien en sus business mm -hmm. este ahora tuvimos que estar todos encerrados so tuvimos que estar todos juntos uh, se unió más la familia más comunicación más um, apoyo the most interesting thing about this well I'm going to speak for myself for me the most interesting thing about this is a stronger family union since everyone was in their business, but now we had to all be locked up, so we all had to be together. It joined the family more, more communication, more support. By becoming closer with their loved ones, people experienced some changes in their behavior as well as in their mental and physical health. One individual mentioned that they began creating family nights almost every night. And another person explained that because of the shelter-in-place orders, they began taking walks with their partner and dog each day in order to get some fresh air and change in scenery. Such a change affected their health and made them more active together. So we can all say that the pandemic taught us to be more supportive of one another and to be there for those around us. We created stronger bonds that manifested in communal support networks, especially at the height of lockdowns. Social support, especially among those residing in the same home, made the upheaval a bit more bearable and even manageable. Many of us learned that truly, we're not alone.
throughout 2020, it was clear that the COVID-19 pandemic was not the only source of upheaval that brought disruption to people's lives. In the wake of the brutal murders of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and many other black people throughout the country, communities began to rise up in awareness and in response to the all-common injustices happening before our eyes. This energy of change and collective concern for the resurgent Black Lives Matter movement represented a source of hope and strength for many within our communities. In speaking with black women from Riverside, they noted the importance of the BLM movement in providing a source of strength during the early days of the pandemic. One black woman we interviewed said, Black lives matter. Black lives matter. And it's the biggest, most awesome thing that has ever happened is the embracing of that statement across the world. That's what happened during this pandemic, not just in America where these little vigilante groups decide they can, you know, do what they've been doing forever. If you understand the history of America, you understand that uh, the supremacist groups have done what they're doing right now forever. So it's not a new game. Um, But the protests, the fire, the outrage, the darn right outrage, the eight Point, what was it, 49, 8 and 49 seconds that that policeman stood on Floyd's neck? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are the things that stick out to me. When we decided as a country that we were human before anything else, and we cried out for humanity. So in a sense, the Black Lives Matter movement as a massive social activism movement became a symbol of hope for change for many folks. BLM and activism promoted a space to be out and to be in community, especially after experiencing a long time of shelter-in-place initiatives. People emerged with new perspectives and began thinking about the future and how we want to live in that future world. So after talking about various sources of strength, we actually found that people would bring up perceived silver linings into their discussion. At least for me, like, I didn't want to be the one to, to say, but like, I, I, I tried to just take the positive from it, you know, like, you know, I, I empathize with, you know, the, the plan of others. Um, I je- definitely see the situation that's going on. Um, but I also, like, closed myself in the world. I also, like, really discovered myself. One thing that's good about the pandemic was, you know, there's a lot of quiet, you know, there's a lot of time to really figure out who you are, what you're about, you know, and that's what I've used it for. So those are my pluses from it. This young man's insight really shows us how the pandemic offered members of our community the time to reflect on their lives and exist in newfound moments of quiet. Amid the extraordinary upheaval of a global pandemic, the changes in our everyday lives made way for moments of solitude and peace. Even in the midst of precarity, fear, and chaos, people still found moments of joy, contentment, and gratitude. They came together to pray, find solace in themselves and family members. They sought out and created safety and comfort in unexpected ways. People saw and knew they would get through the toughest times, and this hope really gave them the strength to continue. So as we continue and live on through this pandemic, not all things last forever. This will end, hopefully, and we should reflect on our lives and who we are, what we want to accomplish, how we want to spend our time and energy. 
and what we want our world to look like and feel like. We at Healthy Disruptions believe we should take time to mourn and remember all those that have passed away and are no longer here with us, to cherish those moments and memories we had with our lost loved ones. We also seek to promote equality, trust, and health in our communities. We want to help our families, friends, and neighbors navigate the pandemic, and it is our hope that by sharing these diverse stories, all who listen to this episode are inspired to focus on their own sources of strength and feel a little less alone. Thank you for listening to Healthy Disruptions. Thanks to Vince Barra from Belzar Music for the beats. This podcast was produced by the Center for Health Disparities Research at the University of California, Riverside, in collaboration with HARC, Health Assessment and Research for Communities, and the researchers from the anthropology departments at Cal Poly Pomona and UC Riverside. Content was developed by our research team in collaboration with loved ones, friends, and neighbors. The podcast is funded by a grant from the University of California Humanities Research Institute and the College of Humanities, Arts, and Social Sciences at UC Riverside. To learn more about our work, visit us at healthydisruptions.buzzsprout.com. And to be part of the conversation about this podcast, you can follow the hashtag, hashtag HDPodcast. We'll see you next time for more Healthy Disruptions.